Hey, this is Jacob Bergai, lead pastor at Fuel Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today to hear this message. You know, I'm reminded that the Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I just believe that as you hear God's Word, that your faith is going to grow in every area of your life. Thank you for joining us, and for more information about Fuel Church, check us out, thefuelchurch.com. Have a great day. Amen. How many know it's important to be excited about church, right? Pastor Jacob always says, I know some of us have grown up and everybody comes from different backgrounds. Maybe some of you came from an unchurched background, never were raised in church. Maybe some of you were raised in a traditional church background. It could be Catholic, Methodist. I know we have a lot of people that come from so many different backgrounds. It could be apostolic, Pentecostal, Baptist, I don't know, Presbyterian, all different kinds of denominations there are. But One thing I think sometimes in church, I know, no matter what kind of background you came from, sometimes we always get the stigma thinking that church should be boring, it's kind of dry, everybody needs to be quiet the whole entire time, and you can never say anything, you never get excited, surely can't laugh or have fun. How many of you ever grew up in a church like that sometimes, right? (laughs) And it's good. We think that church shouldn't be tolerated, it should be celebrated, it should be... How much more should it be exciting to live for God than anything else, right? We talk about God being full of, uh, filling us with joy, but then we walk around as Christians and we think church is boring and we're sitting there and we feel dry when we leave. That's not how God wants church to be. He wants us to leave refreshed, filled up with his spirit to go out and be a light into this world. Amen? Amen. That's our heart here at Field Church. Well, we've been talking about the I Heart My Church, um, talking about the reasons why we love our church. There's so many different reasons, and I love hearing these different testimonies from different people of maybe one thing that sticks out to them. Some people, it's kids' church. Some people, it's they feel like it's family. Um, It's exciting. It's fun. They grow. They love the worship. There's so many different things every person talks about, and that's why it's important to have different areas and different pieces in our church that speak to different people. Well, this morning, we're just going to continue in our series, I Heart My Church, and the title this morning for my series message is Make Space or Make Room, and this is something that I know many of you have heard us talk about, but I'm going to talk about in a little bit different way today, Um, but how many know it's time to make some space at Fuel Church, amen? If you have been here in the last few months, um, about a year and a half ago when Pastor Jacob and I um, were appointed as the lead pastors and senior pastors here, Um, I think when we took over, there was maybe about a hundred people in attendance on a Sunday. And in the last, I would say couple months, we have been running almost close to 300 people. Um, so I would say if everybody here showed up on the same Sunday, which doesn't always happen because everybody has different lives, we probably have over 300 people that attend here at Field Church. So come on and give God a hand clap because our church has literally tripled in a year and a half. So I know that God is doing something. Amen? You can feel it in the atmosphere. You can feel it in the air. You can feel it in your excitement and your hearts when you come. And I know it's time to make space. If you are a teacher and you're on the kids team with me, you know our classrooms are getting full, very full. And when you are downstairs, it is so much fun being with those kids. But when they start getting hot and sweaty and they start getting irritable and they're jammed in a room, there comes a point where you're like, okay, we got to like make another room. We got to make another space. We got to do thing because we're running out of areas and that's what we're trying to do is to make extra space for more people and more families and to be able to accommodate you as well. So this morning, my main text is going to come from 2 Kings 4 verses 1 through 7 and you can look on the screen or if you have it on your uh, Bible app or anything on your electronics or your Bible, you can look it up as well. And it says, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, 
And you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. She replied, and Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she said, as she was told, her son kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. And how many of you know that this is a widow woman who says her husband had passed away? Obviously, he left her with a lot of debt, and she had two sons. And back in those days, when you would have a debt and you couldn't pay your creditors, um, they would come knocking at your door, and they would take your children as slaves as part of your payment. I know some of you would be like, I'm down for that, but <laughs> don't raise your hand if that's you. <laughs> I'm like, I was telling Pastor Jacob when I was saying, I was like, well, thank God. I was like, that doesn't happen. I'm like, we're not in like a lot of credit card debt. We don't even have credit cards anymore. But I'm like, think about that. If we had credit card debt and stuff was going on, and I was like, what if they were knocking on the door and you're like freaking out because they're like going to take your kid? I'm like, that's like really intimidating. I'm like, thank God the times have changed. Maybe they're calling and blowing up your phone and sending you letters because you may owe money, but they ain't coming to take your kids. So <laughs> thank goodness. And it just, when I think about, we think about that mentality, you know, it's just as real. That mother loved her child as much as you do your children today. Think about how much her faith had to have been in this prophet Elisha. She had to believe what he said. The only thing that she had left was one flask. And I brought some things because I like to have visuals. Um, It just helps me. But all she had was like a flask of olive oil. So he came knocking, the, the prophet came, you know, and he said, I need this, I need that. And she's like, I don't know what you mean. I have nothing in my house to give. All I have is this, this is it. And I owe creditors and they're coming to get my sons. What do you want me to do? If a prophet, say Pastor Jacob showed at your house <laughs> and he said, um, okay, you have them. They're going to come take your children. This is all I need you to do is give me the olive oil and go get empty vessels. You would look at him like he was crazy. <laughs> And that would take a lot of faith to trust what he was saying. And he had told them, go out and get vessels and fill it up, fill it up. And she's thinking in her head, well, how am I going to fill up multiple vessels? You know, if this is all I have, you know, I'm only going to be able to fill up maybe four or five vessels and that's it. And I'm going to run out. So how are you saying that I'm going to get out of debt by doing this and you're going to provide for my house? But how many know sometimes God doesn't always make sense? at least to us. It doesn't make sense. We try to plan things out. We try to figure God out. And I'm like this too. And sometimes God will totally flip the script on us. And he has something that's so much more amazing worked out than what we could have ever thought. I look back at some things in our lives and I'm like, God, thank you that I stepped out in faith. Thank you that I stepped out. What if, what if I wouldn't have believed God? What if I wouldn't have married this person? What if I didn't go to this church? What if I didn't go to this job? What if I didn't do that? And think of how your life could be so much different if you didn't trust God and you hadn't taken that step of faith. And how many know when we have to make room for things, how many know you have to clean out your closet sometime? How many of y'all have to clean out your closets? Yeah, it's about that time of year anyways. Um, Or when there's a new season or there's a change in the atmosphere, clothing changes. We have to wear more stuff in the fall and the winter. When summer comes, we got to purge it all out, things like that. 
And sometimes you'll change your closet through seasons or maybe push certain stuff in the back, put the other stuff in the front for the right season. But sometimes, you know what, there's times when you just got to go in and you got to make room. You got to get rid of some stuff. You got to push some stuff aside. You got to set a different space for something else so you can fit something else in, something new in, something else to make room. And that's what we're doing here at Field Church. Same thing as we have to make room. So when we have to make room, we have to change some things. We have to shift some things. We have to do some different things. So be flexible with us. Be willing to do whatever God wants us to do so that we can fulfill the vision that God has put in our hearts and in this place to reach more people. And so how many know the season is changing at Field Church? It's a good season. It's an exciting season. We have growing pains. We're running out of space. We're like busting up the seams. But that's an exciting season because that means, guess what? Growth is happening. More is coming. And we have to be ready. And so when the seasons change, just like it is out side. The season here is changing and we're ready to change and be ready for what God wants to bring. How much do we as a church, sometimes we pray, God, send the harvest, send people. We want to reach people for you, but then like we never want to make room for it. And we're not prepared and we're not ready as a church to facilitate and serve people and to be ready to train them up to be a part of our church family and minister to them in the ways they need to be ministered to. And we can't pray for stuff if we're not ready. God's like, well, you're not ready. I can't even bring it, you know, or you're full. There's no more space. What am I going to do? And so we want to make sure that our hearts and our church is open and ready for God to do whatever he wants to do, because this is God's church. This is not Jacob and Tara's church. This is God's church. And he always says that, that it is built on Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And that is our focus at this church. Um, And as I started thinking about this making room, I started laughing because like sometimes I'll watch, you know, my neighbor's houses and or things like that. And it's like, I was thinking, well, what if the FedEx man came to like the same house every single day and just kept dropping packages off every single week, you know, and they were taking them, taking them inside, dropping them off. After a while, they wouldn't have any more space. They'd have to figure something out or they'd have to stop buying stuff online. Amen. Some of you, maybe, maybe God's speaking to your heart this morning about that, <laughs> that like to shop online. I like to shop online if I do. It saves me time. Um, but I started thinking about that, and I was like, you know what? They'd have to make space, too, for more. It's the same thing. we got to make space for what God wants to do. And as we make space, God promise promises to fill this space. We don't have to worry. The one thing that God has always taught Pastor Jacob and I and in my life was obedience is better than sacrifice. In other words, sometimes I can't figure it out and I don't understand. I can sacrifice all this stuff and everything, but if I'm not obedient, then it's not going to work. I have to obey. God wants my obedience more than anything I can give to him. And when we obey him, then guess what? When we step out in faith, this is how I am with God. I'm like, okay, God, I'm obeying you. I'm trusting you and I'm doing what you said. The rest is up to you now. Like I'll do my part and whatever else I need to do, but the things I can't control, I need you to take care of. And when we do that and we step out in obedience and we take that leap of faith, guess what? God promises to fulfill the vision that he has set forth in our lives and in this place. Amen? And so that's what art is. You know, uh, God always, or Jacob always says this about God. He always says, you know, where God leads, you know, he's going to always provide. Where he guides, he provides. And all we have to do is we do our part and we let God do his part. So we're going to do our part and we're going to let God do his part. Amen? And so... Sometimes though we think about this, the opposite of making space is preventing space. When you do that, you stop growing and you die. When churches and people stop making space for other people to come in, to be ministered to, and to be touched by the presence of God, we'll stop growing. 
will stop growing. And a lot of churches had to say they always are so focused inward that we never focus outward on what our purpose is. The Great Commission is to reach those outside as well as encourage us and keep us on our journey and keep us full too. But as well, make room for somebody else. Don't get so focused on ourselves because when we do, we become this church clique and then we never reach out to anybody else. And guess what? At some point you're going to dissolve and we're going to die as a church if we don't reach out. And that's something that we have to keep in mind. When we stop doing that and, and not making space, we're going to stop growing. And we want God to be able to have his way in this place. Anything that's growing needs space. So, for instance, some of you, I've been caught in this trap myself. Your children see a very cute puppy in the window at the pet store or somewhere. And it's really hard to say no when your kids are really wanting, like, a little cute puppy. And it's super sweet, and you're holding it. And then after that point, it's over. Um, don't laugh at me because some of y'all have been there. <laughs> and it's so tiny. It's so cute. My kids still do this. We have a little cockapoo, and he's super sweet. He's like the fourth child in our family. But they always see him as a puppy, and they're like, oh, mom, but we can do this. Oh, we can do this. We'll have this. It's so cute. He's so little. And I'm like, yeah, but do you realize he's going to get bigger? Like, he's going to get bigger. We have to pay for shots. We have to, like, get him fixed. We have to, like, do all this. And how many you know, if you've ever had a pet or an animal, it starts off small, but then everything you have to buy continually gets bigger. It takes up more space. It takes up more of everything, right? <laughs> Are you in with me? <laughs> and so that's the thing. Anything that's growing needs space, and we are growing, so we need space, and that's what we're trusting God for. That's a good thing, that we're making space and growing in God. Um, As a church, we must continually make space, and as we do, God will fill it. Um, When you had a problem in these days, talking about this scripture, you brought it to the prophet. This woman was a widow. Her husband had died and left her a lot of debt. Like I said, in those days, the creditor would come to your house and take your kids as a form of payment to become slaves to work off the debt. And I'm so glad that that does not happen today. This lady had a big problem. How many know she was probably freaking out? She was probably trying not to walk in fear, but to trust the man of God. Are they going to take my children? I already lost my husband. What am I going to do? All I have is this. And I don't know what to do. Well, in verse 2, it says, what do you have in your house? Everything we need as a church is in this house. The miracles in this house, the answer is always in this house. Because you know why? It's not because of a church name. It's because this house is built on Jesus Christ. Because the answer in your miracle is in Jesus Christ. And whatever your life may hold, we have to know everything that we need to go to the next place that God wants us to as church is in this house. The talents are here. The finances are here. The people are here. The love is here. The serving is here. And we just have to believe it's in this house. The things that are in this house are the things that are going to help restore your marriage, that are going to help build your teenagers and keep them strong when they have to make decisions under temptation and peer pressure and things they're going through. Get them here. Get them involved with your kids. Same thing. You know, they're learning on their different age levels. And we work so hard to make it fun, but make it appropriate to their age so they can grasp the concept of God and the fundamentals of God to learn, to give their hearts to Christ at a young age. So many children give their hearts to Christ when they're children. And when they do, it saves them so much heartache as they become teenagers and young adults in their life. And so we want to catch them at a young age so that we can teach them the ways of God, teach them that God values them, teach them that they don't have to be like everybody else, that it's cool to serve God, that you'll save yourself a lot of heartache in life when you're serving God and you're making the right decisions, the right choices and getting them around a community and a family of church that believes in every generation. We're a church that believes in every generation. You've heard us saying before, you know, we, we 
admonish and we acknowledge those who have gone before us, who have created places like this and a vision and things that we can step into as the baton is passed off to carry on the vision to the next generation. And how much more should our generation do it for the generation after us and continue and continue and continue, you know? And the word of God, it says that there became a generation that knew not the Lord anymore because Joshua, when he took the baton from Moses, he fell short and he didn't start to train up the next generation. And they started growing up not knowing the Lord. And it grieved God because people have been dropping the baton and we have to learn that we have to pass it on to the next generation. We need each other. The older needs the younger. The younger needs the older. We are all one. We are all one family. Us as younger people, Pastor Jacob and I, we always talk about, we're kind of like that middle generation. You know, we have the baby boomers and those that are older. And then you have our generations kind of in the middle. And then you have the millennials. And then you have, you know, all these other younger generations that are just now evolving. But the thing is, church is changing. You know, when you were in church, church was done the way you that it was done back then. And that's good. And there's nothing wrong. And it reached you. But today, those same ways are not going to reach the generation that is coming up. And so we have to be a church that is selfless, that we are trying our best. And Pastor Jacob and I are so intentional to reach every generation that we can possibly reach under the sound of our voice for Jesus Christ. And help them to raise up their children, their grandchildren, the next generation. We're trying to teach younger people to respect the older people. Glean knowledge and wisdom from them. You need them in your life. You need that word of God. Maybe you don't know how to pray through on something. Maybe there's somebody older in the church that can help you. Okay, maybe you're older and maybe you don't understand why we have lights and why we have different kinds of music. And we have all this stuff. But guess what? You believe in it. And you know they love God. And you see a teenager or you see a young family that your marriage can minister to another family. Take that opportunity. We are a family to bless one another, to minister to one another. How much more when we do that, we will grow in the things of God and our church will be a multi-generational church. And I know that's so important in God's heart. And I look in here and it says, verse two, two, she says, I have nothing except a little jar of oil. And I thought this was so good because sometimes God comes to us and challenges us to step out in faith or do something. And we said, well, I just have a little bit. I don't know what I can do, God. I don't have much. What do I have? What, what, what little do I have that's going to make a difference? You know, and sometimes we, we shortchange ourselves, you know, or we feel insecure. Or we don't feel confident in our talent or our gift and, and maybe our calling. And maybe your calling is different than the person next to you. But we're not supposed to compare ourselves to one another because we're the body of Christ. And the body has all different parts and all different functions. Some that you see, some that you don't see. Some that are not seen are some of the most important ones that keep us living, breathing every single day. It's not always the head or the pastor. Yes, that's an important job, but there's all these inner workings of all these different things that make every single Sunday, every single service we have, every single event we have, every single thing that things that you guys may not even see during the week where we're ministering to people, giving out gas cards, food cards, praying to people, counseling people over text, talking to people. Some of you as leaders go out, minister to people with pastoral care, hospital visits, different things. This goes on all week long, every single week as we grow. How much can the little that we have, if we all come together, can make such a big difference? Amen? Don't shortchange yourself and think what God has given you is so small that it's not important. You know, some people we meet in life, and I hear a lot of people, you know, they'll look at the cup, you know, as half empty. You know, maybe you know some of those people, they're always looking at, you know, the negative side of things, or the downside of things. But some people, then you'll talk to them, and they see the cup as half full. 
They'll say, well, I may not have this, I may not that, but you know what? I thank God for what I do have, or I thank God for this, or whatever, you know, well, maybe, or they're positive, you know? Um, We see it in different ways. But there's also then people who can see that the glass can always be refilled. And I like those kind of people because sometimes we can all get in those places where maybe our oil is half empty, maybe it's half full, but you know what? When we have God, the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, who like owns every resource in the whole entire world and can make stuff fall out of heaven if he literally wanted to. He put fish or coins in fish's mouths, you know, to pay taxes. He rained down manna from heaven for the children of Israel. How much more can we just hold this up and be like, I just need more, God. I just need a refill. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I need a refill. <laughs> Come on, some of you guys go to this, like you go to Speedway, you have your speedy rewards cards or all these things, and you get them big old cups. <laughs> Where's Lyria? <laughs> You get these big old cups because it's so much cheaper. You go in and you just like keep refilling. Give me a refill. Give me a refill. Give me a refill. Well, that's how we need to be on the things of God. You know, when we're pouring out, sometimes we're pouring out so much we forget to get poured into. And that doesn't mean that we stop pouring out, but it just means sometimes, you know what? You have to do more than just on Sunday pouring into yourself. On Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday. Be here on first Thursday to get filled up. And that midweek fill up, fuel up is what I call it. Friday. Because guess what? The enemy and the things of this world, they don't take a break. And they wear us down. Me included. We get irritable. We get grouchy with our kids. We get grouchy with our spouse. We get upset with the coworkers at work. Then we start to like get mad at our boss and think he's got something wrong with him. And he thinks he has out something out for you. And really it's all in your perspective because you were just in a bad mood when you came to work. A lot of it is in our perspective. It really is. And me included, I'm talking to myself this morning. You know, sometimes like I'll catch myself and I'm like, notice I'll start getting like short with my children or I get impatient. And then like my kids like trying to tell me something. And it's something they just, not super important, but something they just want to share with me, you know, and they want my undivided attention. And I do this to Claire a lot because she's my middle child. She, her biggest thing is like quality time. So when you're talking to her, she wants like eyes on you. She's the kind that will like grab your face and hold your face still. Like I'm talking to you (laughs) and I'm like multitasker person, you know, mom, I'm like doing like 50 million things at once because time is of the essence. And she'll be like, mom, you're not listening to me. And I'm like, I know, but I got to answer this back real quick or I got to do this. Come on. Y'all have done the same thing. (laughs) Just a minute. Somebody needs to be texting back real quick or whatever. And so I'm going to burn the food. I got to go check on this, whatever. And sometimes I just, I'll literally hear the spirit of God in a quiet voice say like, just stop and smell the roses. Like, just stop, just stop for a minute. Like enjoy your children. And he'll, he'll show me and and be like, you know, she's not always going to want your attention. She's not always going to want to talk to you. You know, she's, at some point, you're going to want to talk to her and you're going to wonder why she's not talking to you anymore. And it's because you shut her down so many times. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. <laughs> you know, but it's like, it's, it's like a little gentle prodding from the spirit of God, you know. And sometimes, you know, we have to know in our perspective, we have to look at things different. You know, sometimes, Pastor Jacob can tell you, the time that we like pray for our kids before we go to bed is like the most chaotic time of the whole entire day. Everybody has like some kind of ailment, stomach ache, something's broken, something's hurting. All of a sudden, like they're coming up with all these like body aches and pains. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I need water. I'm going to die. Like, you know, all this. Or then they want to tell me the most important thing of the whole entire day. And I've been here all day and they wait till this moment, you know, and I'm like, and we're like rushing, you know, okay, okay. Love you too. You know how it is. And you're like, okay, Father God, I thank you. And you're like praying, but you're not even really praying. You're just like going through the motions and God is me so many times and been like, 
This is the moment to pray with your children. Slow down, slow down, you know? And sometimes it's in my perspective. And that's, you know, the thing. This lady had to realize it was all in her perspective. Elisha saw so much with the little that she had, but she saw so little. And sometimes we have to see that within ourselves. And it says in here in verse six, it says, they filled all the vessels they had and then the oil stopped. When they ran out of an empty vessels, the oil stopped as well. As long as we give God space, the oil will keep flowing. In verse three, he didn't say borrow just a few vessels. He said, borrow as many vessels as you can fill up. I want to ask ourselves, how many people can we fill up that we can make space for God to fill up? In order for God to continue to build his church and the bride of Christ, we have to allow him to fill as many vessels as he can before he returns for his glorious church. If we don't have any more empty vessels in the house, the oil will stop flowing. Churches stop growing numerically, generationally, financially, and spiritually and end up dying off because we forget the great commission, which was the last thing that Jesus gave us on this earth. His last words to his disciples, go forth, create disciples, and preach the gospel. And verse 7, she sold the oil and paid her debt because God blessed her little and her faithfulness to give to God first. If we make space, God will make a miracle. More jars equal more oil. How many want more of God? Amen? That means we need to have more jars. When you continually bring God a vessel, he can use and fill it. Will you be able to live in the abundance of God's blessing and favor? Sowing and reaping is a thing that we always learn Giving out and God will give back into. If you hoard up God's blessing, there will be no more room for God to bring more. Vessels are made to be filled, but then poured out and refilled. These vessels are not made just to hold this and sit here and look pretty. It's made to pour out so that way that you can refill it. The same thing goes for our lives and for others. We need to be ready to be poured out so that God can pour into us so we continually be refilled and it just keeps going on. The next person can fill the next vessel, the next vessel, the next vessel, because maybe you're not called to reach the next person, but the person next to you is called to reach the next person. Maybe there's someone with a broken marriage is going to come in here that God calls you, that God restored your marriage to minister to. Maybe you're someone who dealt with suicidal thoughts or depression, and you can minister to someone who's coming in here who comes in hopeless and has nothing. Maybe someone's going through a divorce. And maybe you've been through that journey and maybe God has made a way and helped you understand what the next season in their life is and to be encouraging word to them. Maybe you've lost a loved one, you know, to sickness, to disease, to whatever, to addiction, anything. There's so many different things that go on in people's lives that are traumatic, and, but God will use your pain for a purpose. He'll use it to fill someone else up so that they can fill the next person so God can do something in their lives. What are you pouring out? Or are you just holding on to it? Are you just a consumer and not a contributor? Serving another family and serving God's house is how we contribute to others. God can't pour more into you until you're pouring out. When things sit in vessels too long and there isn't a flow in and out, it becomes stale, stagnant, and the oil is wasted. And I'm going to skip over here just for a few minutes because I want to get to these points. But the reason I brought this was because sometimes, you know, we have our flask of oil and how many know that there are so many of us that look so different, different vessels for different purposes. These are just a couple things I brought from my house. 
You know, some of us may be different colors, have different designs on us. You know, we may look different. Some of us may be a little bit more durable than others. <laughs> you know, a little hard around the edges, a little bent up. That's okay. A little shiny, a little shiny, but bent up. You're all good. Um, some of us may be a little more sturdier, durable, can weather the elements. You know, maybe we don't look so flashy, but we're solid. We're pillars. You know, we're people that can hold maybe a not, not a lot, but we can hold something and we're going to be there. And you know, we're timeless and we're loyal and we ain't going nowhere. We're not going to leak. Then you have other things like this that may be, you know, made of like glass, things like this, that we're a little bit more fragile. Maybe we're smaller. Maybe we're a little more transparent. You can see everything. Wear emotions on our sleeve, whatever that is, you know. We're all different. But how many know if this had a crack in it, it wouldn't serve its purpose? If it was shattered, if I dropped it and broke it, it wouldn't be able to hold anything. And sometimes we have to realize there are going to be people that are going to come into this place. And maybe this was some of you. Maybe it is some of you even today. Maybe you're a little cracked. Maybe you're a little broken. Maybe you feel like your life is falling apart in pieces. And God wants to pour into you, but he wants to restore you first. And he's got to put you back together. And God can use you through your brokenness, even during your brokenness, as he heals your heart and heals your life. But you have to be willing to give him the pieces first. And when he does, he can put you back together again. And you can go from looking like this to looking like this, you know, being bent and all messed up and being beautiful and soft and delicately held. But you have to be willing to give God those pieces. And when God pours into you, then you can pour out into others, maybe who were broken, maybe who, but God loves to use any kind of vessel. If you feel like you're cracked, if you feel like you can't hold on to a lot, God's saying, I want to use you. You're the one I want to talk to. You're the one I want to minister to do today. You're the one I want to pour into. And maybe, you know, Pastor Jacob laughs at me because I collect all these kinds of, I'm going to try to do this so I hit myself in the face. Hang on a second. Pastor Jacob always laughs at me because I love to collect like glass objects. He thinks I'm a hoarder. Um, (laughs) When we moved into our house, finally, we found a house that we bought. Um, Like, this is, like, actually from Aldi, believe it or not. It's sparkling lemonade that comes in this thing for, like, I know everything Aldi. (laughs) Like, $1.99 or 2 bucks. And I'm like, that is such a cool thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm taking the label off that. I'm using that for my olive oil. It's going to look all fancy next to my (laughs) stove. And he was like, he just looks at me, he just shakes his head. He goes, here we go again. And I didn't realize until we moved, like, I get all these containers. I don't have a lot of other glass ones, but I have, like, mason jars, all kinds of different stuff that I, that I, I say I collect them, but I use them for purposes. I really do. I do use them. And he laughs at me, and he'll make fun of me when he says, well, I don't know what to put this in. And I go, I know. I got something. And he just laughs as I go right to that cabinet. And I opened it the one day in my island cabinet and when I was putting stuff away we moved and organized my kitchen I opened it up and I looked at him and I go and he he's like what's wrong with you and I go I have a problem and he goes <laughs> he goes what's your problem I go I hoard glass objects <laughs> I go but they're so pretty I just even just want to look at them <laughs> and he just laughs at me he thinks I'm crazy I save like candle jars and make them like candy jars like all that stuff. like you don't even know what you can do with all that stuff let me tell you I hold whole hair ties in the girls bathroom with all that stuff bobby pins all that kind of stuff so if you need any tips see me after service but um but I love it because you know the thing is with these different objects is like God can pour into us you know and he can pour into us as much as we, and if you know finally when we get full and I, this is something that I was looking at today. When I get full, you know, it's got to stop at some point because God knows I can't hold anymore. But in order for me to hold more, what do I need to do? 
I got to pour out. And that's what we have to realize. It's not just about us. It's about pouring out into other people. It's about pouring something back into God's house. You know, some of us are so faithful to our utility companies, to our bills, to everything that we pay, everything on time, and we're always doing this, but we forget about God's house. And we forget to pour out into God's house. And we forget what God has done in our lives. And then when God pours and then the abundance comes, it'll come. But then if we, God just tries to keep pouring and you're like this vessel, what happens to all of this that poured out around it? It's wasted. Let's not waste what God wants to pour out. Let's not be so full. Some of us know so much of the word. We know so many things and we're always learning. There's so much more of God. No matter how much we know of God, there's limitless amounts of him that we've never even discovered yet. So don't ever get to the point, and I've encouraged myself this, oh, I heard this message on love again, or I've heard this message on this again, or I've heard this message on the vessels and all this stuff. Have you ever been raised in church? Don't ever get where you don't have a teachable spirit. Have a teachable spirit, because there's always something in a scripture you've read 50 times. There's something in a message that you've heard, or a different thing, and you're just like, wow, I needed to hear that. I never saw that before. The spirit of God can show you something completely different. Always have a teachable spirit, and God will use you. And you won't have to waste what God's trying to pour into you, but you'll have room to pour into someone else. Amen? And this is just a couple things as I wrap up. It's, sometimes we're looking how God will make space. This is how he'll make space. He'll make space because it's in your house. It's already in you. So know that whatever God needs to do to make space, it's already in you. It's already in me in this place. It's in someone else's house. Just like we've been talking about and we gave out those invite cards. Who are your five? Those five cards we handed you on the first week of the I Heart My Church series. We said, we want you to pray over these. Invite five people out in the next few weeks in October. Let them know what God is doing. Let them know we're making space for them. We're making room for them. Who are your five? Maybe it's in someone else's house to make space. Maybe you're pouring into them through friendships, your relationships, your work relationships, your family. And also, it's for God's house. What really matters is what we do for eternity. Make room for more to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. All this will pass away, but guess what? Eternity is forever. It's something that we get to be a part of. And Pastor Jacob and I, when we talk about this, we get so excited because it's like the call that we have on our lives is something that will last forever. It's not just like building a big company, a CEO of a business financial organization, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Their calling is different than our calling, but our calling is so rewarding because we see people's lives changed forever, forever. And you can't put a price on that. Those are the times when we just sit and we watch God and we just have tears in our eyes and just being like, God, who are we that you chose us? Who are we? And God's like, you're the vessels that are willing to pour out. So therefore, I'm gonna keep refilling you up and I'm gonna keep pouring into you because you're not wasting what I'm pouring into you. You're pouring it out into others so that I can pour into you. How many want to be that person today? Amen. I want God to use me in that way to continue no matter what generation, what age you are. If you're still alive and breathing, God's not done with you. It doesn't matter if you were just born yesterday and you're a baby. God still has a purpose for you. It's just beginning. So don't think that God has forsaken you or God has forgotten about you. But pour out, pour out so God can pour more into you. And two things, it says, who will you make space for? And who else are you thinking of today? That's what I want you to ask yourself. Think in your mind, who else are you going to make space for out of your friendships, people that you know? 
And who are you thinking of this morning? And I just want to challenge us this morning as a church that, you know, God wants to do so much and he's just, he's ready to hit the go button, but he's just waiting to make sure, are you guys ready? Are you ready? The door's closed. You don't even know what's going to happen. I'm about to hit the button. I'm about to hit the go button. You know, like, are you ready? And sometimes we're like, we're ready, God, we're ready. And he's like, no, you don't. You're cracked over here. Let's fix you. Or here, oh, we got to get this in order or whatever, you know? And God's like, or sometimes he's rallying us. He's like, you're ready. Let's do this. You know, like when we were in sports, I played like every sport under the sun (laughs) when I was in school. My dad was like, you're going to be good at everything. Just try it all, you know? (laughs) And so I tried so many sports. And I remember, though, when you had a coach and when you get so amped up and you had worked so hard for something and you're just waiting for like that door to open to walk out of the gym locker room or to go out, and, out onto the field or onto the court or whatever, it was like a rush. You were just like, let's do this, you know, and you're like chanting and you're all fired up. I want that to be us at Field Church. We get so excited. We're like, let's do this. Let's do this. I can't wait for the 23rd. I'm so excited. I'm scared and excited all at the same time. I'm not even going to lie because <laughs> we don't know how everything's going to work. You know, we don't know how all our teams are going to run. Everybody's preparing. Everybody's prepping. We're preparing. We're making room. We're doing what we need to do to prep ours. And we're like, okay, God, here we go. Show up. Let's do this. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do. I don't know about you, but I'm so excited. And I want to share that excitement with somebody else and let them know that serving God can be an exciting life. It doesn't have to be boring. You know, it doesn't have to be dry. But seek after him. Come on, church, just stand this morning as we close out. Hey, thanks for listening today, and maybe you're out there, and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball, you've taken some wrong turns, you've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real, and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional, and, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer, and I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved, and I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision, but just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, come into my life, change me, in Jesus' name. It's simple as that, and I encourage you, find a good local church. If if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.